Have you noticed everything's been getting more expensive? From housing prices to gas prices to lumber prices. Well, today we're going to talk about inflation. What has been causing it? Should you be concerned? And then what steps can you be taking in your own financial life? Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. So you've definitely heard people talking about it. You've seen it on the news, heard it from coworkers, family, friends. Inflation. Inflation is back. Look at gas prices. Look at housing prices. Look at lumber prices. This is insane. They're going through the roof. What are we going to do about it? Today, I do want to address the topic that's been on a lot of people's minds here recently. It's all the buzz and uh, with new government spending and housing prices and rising wages and gas prices going up and lumber costs going up and on and on, there's a lot of concern about what inflation or even hyperinflation uh, could do to our economy. So let's address those concerns in this episode. And I want to start by giving you three important facts about inflation. And then I'll follow up with three ways that you can prepare yourself for the possibility of rising inflation and help your own personal financial situation. So let's start, first of all, with understanding what is inflation, because for as much talk as there's been about it, I think we might not all be on the same page with understanding exactly what inflation is, though. Inflation is the decrease in purchasing power of a currency over time. Or, to put it on the flip side, inflation refers to the fact that the prices for the same goods and services, often rise over time. Case in point, today a a gallon of gas is about $3 a gallon, or at least it is where I live in Pensacola, Florida. Maybe it's a little bit more, a little bit less where you are. I remember when I was a kid, uh, which is not all that long ago, okay, (laughs) that gas was briefly uh, below a dollar a gallon. I remember it, uh, seeing it as low as 84 cents a gallon. That wasn't the norm. You know, usually it's probably about $1.50, $1.75 for most of the time I was growing up. Now, my grandfather, he remembers seeing gas at 15 cents a gallon. That's inflation. That the price of the same good, a gallon of gas, has steadily increased over time. In 1950, you could have bought a brand new house. For $10,000. Today, you probably couldn't even make a decent down payment with that same amount. So here's what's kind of crazy. If you took $10,000 in 1950 and buried it in the ground and then dug it up today, you would have lost a lot of purchasing power over the years. That same $10,000 will not buy you nearly the same amount of goods and services that it would have 70 years ago. Now, inflation is not a new phenomenon. This is not something we just have seen in the last 20 years. For the vast majority of American history, we've experienced inflation to some degree. Historically, the rate of inflation has been about 3% a year. So your regular goods and services, your food, your clothing, your travel, your transportation, on average, goes up about 3% a year. Now, some things 
go up more than that, some things less, but again, on the whole. Now, some years, inflation has soared. Like back in the 1970s and early 1980s, we saw a big spike in inflation. Prices really jumped up. But there's also been some short periods of deflation. That means prices going backwards, actually going uh, less than they used to be. Now, those times have been brief. The last time we saw deflation in this country was uh, during the Great Recession of 2008, and that was a brief time. Sometimes we have uh, disinflation, which is just prices staying steady. But again, for most of our history, we've seen inflation at a modest rate, about 3%. No more recently, in these last 20 years, the rate of inflation has been closer to 2%. And by the way, the Federal Reserve, uh, our central bank, their target rate is 2%. They would ideally like to see inflation increase about 2% a year. Now, we may get into that in a whole other episode as to the Federal Reserve's role and why they want to see inflation, but um, but that's the reality. That's the reality of our situation. We'll get to the Federal Reserve and their, their influence on this equation here later in the episode. So for most of our history, we've had inflation at some level. For the most part, it's been pretty modest. But recently, in the last few months, we've seen quite a jump. So why are we seeing that right now? What is causing this jump in prices? Why is everybody talking about inflation right now? So now that we understand what inflation is and deflation, which by the way, deflation may sound great like, oh, price is going down. We would love that. It's really not good. In fact, it's actually pretty bad for the economy because when prices go down, profits, companies are struggling, stock prices are dropping, Earnings are dropping, stores are not hiring, wages are going down. It just it, it's this domino effect that ripples through the economy and actually is, is not good. So it sounds good, but in reality, it's not so good. But number two, second fact is what is causing inflation right now? What what is what is the what are the influences that have led to this jump in prices in at least some segments of our economy? Well, it's really a combination of factors, and it's important that we understand that it's not one thing, that it is a combination here. Well, let's start with the increase in money supply. So current administration and past administrations have really ramped up government spending. Back in the 1990s, we actually ran a government surplus, if you can believe it, uh, where we actually brought in more tax money than we spent as a government. Uh, those days are way behind us because ever since the early 2000s, government spending has been way higher than government uh, revenue. And we really took that to the next level these last couple of years with the coronavirus because sort of the emergency of the moment prompted uh, direct payments to Americans, small business loans, unemployment benefits. So we really ramped up spending to uh, an unprecedented level. So all of that increase in the money supply factors into inflation. The more currency we have in circulation, the less the money is going to be going to be worth, and and that's really not hard to see that connection there. On top of that, interest rates are still at all time lows, so it's it's really never been easier or more beneficial for a, a borrower to, to 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 borrow money because you know whether it's mortgage rates or business loans or whatever type of loans, they're at their lowest rates. 
So it really encourages, it incentivizes businesses and individuals to borrow to finance their houses, their cars, their business ventures, etc., etc. So that means more money in circulation. The easier it is to borrow money at lower rates, the more that injects money into circulation, widens that pool of money, and leads to a lessening of the value of the individual dollar. So that's factor number one. Increase in money supply is certainly part of this equation. But reason number two is that we're at a weird time in history now because we're coming out of the coronavirus. For most of the countries that were affected heavily early on, their cases are declining rapidly and economies, states, are opening back up. And so a lot of this pent-up demand is now rushing back into the economy, but the supply is not there. The economy is slowly trying to shift back into gear, but it hasn't really been incredibly smooth. Production, distribution channels, they were halted in a lot of cases for months. So many industries are, are having difficulty catching up, whether it's hiring, whether it's just ramp up in demand, whether it's the logistics of distribution and getting their products from point A to point B. So as supply is currently low, there's also an increase in demand. So that's just simple economics. Low supply, high demand is going to necessitate an increase in prices. And that's why you see, especially in the lumber industry, this massive spike. It's mostly supply and demand here. If there's a lot of demand for building and, 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 and for projects and for housing and there's not enough to go around, well, uh, the prices are just going to get bid up. And as lumber prices increase, obviously that's going to, uh, to affect housing prices as well and a lot of other areas. So it does become a ripple effect. So we had stimulus checks go out in several different waves. A lot of people use a lot of people use those to pay their bills and to make ends meet, but a lot of people weren't uh, very uh, harshly affected by the coronavirus pandemic, so they used that money for increased spending, and uh, so that that also added to increased demand in a lot of different industries. And then on top of that, you know, for for the last year, year and a half, we've had a lot of people that haven't been able to travel, haven't been able to uh, do a lot of entertainment, go out to eat. So airlines are, are getting back to uh, their pre-COVID levels slowly but surely. Entertainment, restaurants, hotels, all of these industries that got slammed and had very little supply or very little demand, I should say, are now exp experiencing increased demand. As all these people had to delay their plans last year, they're trying to make up for lost time. And in a lot of cases, the, the supply is just not there yet. So that's factoring into increased prices as well. So we have to understand that there's there's a combination of factors here. Fact number three about inflation is that future inflation is almost impossible to predict. Just like timing the market, the stock market is really virtually impossible, so also is predicting future inflation. There's just too many factors and too many unknowns to be able to confidently say we know what's going to happen in the next year or three years or five years, etc. There's always going to be some economists or some market commentators that believe that we're headed for inflation or hyperinflation, and they're going to be predicting that a recession and, and, and really bad times are around the corner. But when you have thousands and thousands of people in this profession, of course, there's always going to be people that are saying that. And I think part of the problem or part of the, the anxiety here is that we've heard some of these voices for the last 10 years 
predicting that a big jump in inflation was coming. Ever since the Great Recession of 2008, there's been there's been some economists, some market commentators that are concerned that we're about to see a jump into hyperinflation territory. The problem here is that when you make a prediction for 10 years and then things start to shift just very quickly towards that uh, 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 result that you've been predicting, you can't really jump up and down and say, see, I told you, like, this validates me. Like, if, if, if I predicted for 10 days in a row that tomorrow there's going to be rain, but for 10 days in a row there was not rain, but on the 11th day there was, that doesn't mean I was proven right. That doesn't mean I, I get to, to lord it over you and say, see, I called it. I mean, if you keep predicting something long enough and eventually it happens, you can't claim to be some kind of economic guru. So, yes, there's been people that have been calling for inflation for a long time, and if inflation happens, they're going to say, see... I've been proven right, but that doesn't really necessarily mean that's the case. Here's the thing. Prices have undeniably risen recently. That's that's obvious. But what does that mean, though? Does that mean we should expect that this is the norm going forward? Are we headed for hyperinflation? Is this confirmation of that fact? By the way, hyperinflation is a massive rise in prices uh, that would really severely affect the value of the dollar. So normal inflation is one, two, three, four percent. That's that's really not all that crazy. But if we were gonna go to like 10, 15, 20% a year increases, that would push us into hyperinflation territory. So are we headed there? Are we headed for hyperinflation? Are we about to see a massive rise in prices across the board? Not just in certain industries, not just in certain pockets, but just across the board. Maybe, but I would say probably not. Maybe we see inflation uh, accelerate a little bit faster than we've been accustomed to over the last 20 years, which has been, again, about 2%. So maybe it's 3 or 4%. But I think it's unlikely that we really head into hyperinflation territory. Now, I don't know, and I'm not certainly, certainly not trying to, to make a, a prediction here. But here's the reasons why I think it's unlikely. First of all, hyperinflation is rare, historically speaking. Last time we saw that was in the 70s and 80s. And by the way, the hyperinflation that we saw in the 70s and 80s would probably not be the type of hyperinflation that a lot of uh, a lot of voices that I've heard are calling for. They're saying this is going to be something even worse than the 70s and 80s. So, um, so that's part of it. Secondly, a big reason for the increased prices right now is the low supply. I mean, it's 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 pretty apparent that a big reason for the increased prices is not because of some sort of systemic issue that's leading to inflation. It's more of a result of our our unique situation coming out of coronavirus and supply and demand being out of sync for the moment. But as production ramps back up and supply rises to meet current demand, that will help to alleviate some of the pricing increases we've seen. That's just economics 101. If there's low supply and high demand, somebody's going to step in to fill that vacuum and see that that business opportunity and provide that extra supply uh, to meet that demand. That's just what's going to happen. It may take a little while, but uh, that's that's just how capitalism works. And then thirdly, the third reason why I think hyperinflation is unlikely is we have the Federal Reserve in place and it has a vested interest to try to keep us away from hyperinflation. Here's the way I like to think of it. Think of somebody uh, blowing up a balloon. And they've got two cactuses 
Uh, on one side, the cactus is hyperinflation and the other cactus is deflation. And the Federal Reserve blows up their little balloon, which is the U.S. economy, and they kind of toss it up into the air and they want to keep it away from both cactuses, right? And if the wind starts to blow the balloon towards hyperinflation, they're going to try to tap that balloon and bat it back the other way. But if they hit it too hard and it starts going for deflation over here, then they're going to uh, bat it back and try to keep it in that perfect medium zone. They don't want to go to hyperinflation. They don't want to go to deflation. As I said before, they're going to try to keep it about 2% inflation. That's, that's kind of the sweet spot for them. Now, um, <laughs> again, uh, that's a really oversimplified example. Um, maybe we'll spend an episode talking about the Federal Reserve and what measures they put in place to sort of uh, manage the money supply and to try to keep us from deflation or hyperinflation. But, but that's a good way to think of it, at least. So if the Federal Reserve feels like we're really starting to to go down the hyperinflation trail and, and uh, things are getting out of hand, they're going to put in place some measures to try to stop that from happening, to sort of constrict the money supply. Um, that's not a guarantee that they can stop it. Certainly not. The Federal Reserve has a lot of power and influence, but uh, they're, they're not all powerful. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But for those reasons, I think it's unlikely that we should be in a panic mode or think that hyperinflation is is imminent. Uh, maybe an increase in inflation, yes, but uh, we j it's important to just understand the context of all of this. So bottom line, how does this all affect you? How does rising inflation influence your financial bottom line? Are there steps you can take to help your own financial situation with inflation rising? Which remember, inflation is almost always rising. Just Historically, that's been the case. So three suggestions, three things to keep in mind. Number one, it's important if you're investing for the long term to invest in assets that have outpaced inflation historically. I'm talking mainly of stocks and real estate. Think of it this way. If over the next 30 years, inflation is going to be at a rate of 3% a year, and you make 3% on your money during the next 30 years, you have gone nowhere, my friend. You have only kept pace with the cost of living. Your money has increased, yes, but everything else has gotten more expensive at the same rate. So what you could buy with your money, your purchasing power has, has remained the same is what I'm saying. But stocks and real estate have historically outpaced inflation, meaning if inflation's 2 or 3%, uh, the stock market has returned over the long term 8, 9, 10, 11% real estate uh, in that similar vein, depending on which time frame you're looking at. So that means your purchasing power increases. It runs away from inflation and, and does better than inflation. So that means the money that you're setting aside for the future will be able to buy you more goods and services in the future than you can currently buy now. That's really important. And you say, what about gold? Well, I'm glad you asked. I hope you'll go back and listen to episode 27 because I answer that question in a lot more detail. I think a lot of times when people hear inflation, they think, oh, just put money in gold. Uh, I would be very careful about that. Please listen to that episode. Do some more research on gold and understand historically its role and uh, and its long-term return. I think it's important to understand where gold does and doesn't help. One last thing on the investment side, as far as how this can help your investments, is considering TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Um, you have your regular bonds where you get a stated interest rate of return for the loan to, you know, for your loan 
you're buying a bond from the government from a corporation and they're paying you interest in return and then at the end of uh, the bond you get your principal back that's essentially how a bond works tips treasury inflation treasury inflation protected securities will uh, have a, a measure in place to help guard against uh, the increase in inflation for sake of time I'm not going to try to go into explain the mechanics of how it works but uh, if you're concerned about inflation, those are a good thing to research. Talk to your advisor about whether or not they're a good fit for your portfolio. But that, that can be helpful. Number two, uh, uh, advice tips for rising inflation. Take advantage of low interest rates on debt. Think about how interesting this is where we're at in, in interest rates right now. They are so low that I've seen mortgage rates 2.5% easily, some, some even less. If... Inflation is going to be 3% for the next 30 years, and you just bought a 30-year mortgage at 2.5%. That's really good. Now, I get that you're going to have to pay more than the cash value, but because over the next 30 years, the value of the dollar is going to decline faster than the rate of interest that you're paying on your loan, in a sense, that's almost a net win for you. Now, I'm certainly not trying to encourage you, hey, interest rates are low, so just go borrow money even if you don't need to. No, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that. But if you're in a position where you're either trying to refinance or buying a home, that actually is pretty advantageous when you consider what inflation does to your purchasing power over time and how a low interest rate really keeps you at pace with, with, with the decrease in purchasing power. And then number three, and, and maybe most importantly here, is focus on what you can control. Whenever we get into situations like this where people are worried about inflation and what's going to happen with prices, it's really not something you can control. You, you have no ability to change that, just like you have no ability to change uh, spending in, in Washington. I mean, to the degree that you can vote, but you know, practically speaking, you have no influence there. Um, the stock market ups and downs. There's a lot of things that are outside of your control. So you really shouldn't waste time worrying about them, uh, being anxious, getting worked up. It's not helpful. It's not healthy. Instead, focus on what you can control. And there's a lot of things you can. You can focus on, on the skills that you build in, in your work and in your, 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 your personal life. You can work on your financial knowledge and know-how. You can work on your own spending habits, your saving habits. There's a lot of things that you have you have 100% control over. Those are going to be much more impactful and much more worth your time. So in times like this when there's inflation and it's a big question mark and you feel like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, try not to get too focused in and too anxious about something that's outside of your control. Instead, focus in on what you can do to improve yourself in your job, and your, your family, your relationships, your personal finances. And that's what's going to set you up for success no matter what comes down the road, be it inflation, recession, or good things in the economy as well. So I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, if you do have more questions about inflation, of course, you can feel free to send me an email, info at natescully.com. As I mentioned in our last episode, I have a new feature on my website where if you want to schedule a call with me, a complimentary 30-minute phone call, you can schedule that on the website and pick a time that works for you. So I hope you'll take advantage of that if that's something you're wanting to do. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I've got a great episode coming up uh, in two weeks. Uh, we have Kerry Schmidt, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having that conversation with him and then sharing that with you here very soon, and I hope you'll tune into that. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.